Welcome back to Rural Queensland Today on the Resonate Broadcast Network. It is Wednesday morning, the 8th of June, a cold morning origin day, but we haven't got to the Queensland Reds. Knocked out last Friday night by the Crusaders in the quarterfinals of the Super 12 Rugby. Uh, the Channel 9 Rugby expert and stand expert and he's from rural Queensland, is Michael Atkinson. A lot of people know him well. He joins us this morning from Channel 9. Akko, good morning. How are you, mate? I know we're four days on or five days on from the Reds bowing out, but I thought it might be time to reflect and, and recap and have a look at what was the 2022 season. Yeah, it's probably not bad timing. Dobbo, morning to you, mate, um, because it's probably about now the Reds are starting to reflect as well after, what, Mad Monday and... Um no tequila Tuesday or whatever else <laughs> they do post the season. So I think they've had their little um, post-season drinks and celebrations and now the wash-up's probably starting to happen and they're starting to reflect on it as well. So probably good timing, mate. Mate, look, we, it, it began with trials in Roma and the Santos-Roma uh, uh, carnival of rugby with the lights going out before the game even started and and it's over with the quarter-final loss to the Crusaders. But I look at this season, and, and although you could take a heap of negatives out of it, I look at the fact that they were crippled with injury throughout the course of the year, and the emergence of some of their players has been a positive, but it was a season that got away on them purely because of luck. I, I, injuries are a luck thing. Some seasons you get them, some seasons you don't, but the Reds this season, for whatever reason, got absolutely annihilated with injury. Yeah, they did, and I think it's a huge factor. And there's some people out there during the the Kiwi part of the competition, Dobbo didn't want to, you know, didn't want to address the injuries. They sort of saw it as making excuses. But I, I personally think you can't ignore it because, as you say, they were crippled by them, and and pretty much from the beginning of the season too. You know, they lost uh, their backup hooker Richie Asiata in the first trial that was at Ballymore um, so didn't even he didn't even make it to the second trial out at um, Roma, Roma. Yep. You know, they, they lost Isaac Henry who was a star back end of last year early on with a broken foot uh, you know so then there were a couple of games in and they lose Tate McDermott they lose Alex Murphy they lose Angus Scott Young they lose Luke Antui and, and they were all out for you know at least three four weeks Luke Arn was out for nearly two months you know, so and then you get to the Kiwi games and right at that point you lose James O'Connor and halfway through the second match against New Zealand opposition you lose Tupo, um, Teniela Tupo as well. So it's a huge factor, uh, Dobbo, it really is. So you can't write that off, you can't ignore that because they went into that Kiwi part of the competition having only lost one game to the Brumbies down in Canberra game. They you know, probably should have won as well. Sure. And then, you know, prime position to head into the back half of the season and realistically they probably only needed to win maybe two games against New Zealand opposition and they would have locked in a home final themselves as we know now they didn't win a single game against the Kiwis they beat Moana Pacifica back at home and they ended up I think one from their one win from their last eight games so it it went off the rails largely because of injuries I think that probably saves Thorny a little bit and I'm not by any means calling for Thorny's head um, because I think he's done a wonderful job but I think there are question marks starting to raise about how far his coaching can take this team if that makes sense to you and it makes sense to the listeners because he's done a wonderful job developing guys and bringing through some really young talent and teaching them to be resilient and teaching them to be hungry and teaching them what it means to play for Queensland but there are some question marks starting to raise on just how far his coaching can take a team against really good sides like the Kiwis. 
And that was my next question. Is it more of um, the ten percent that they haven't got at the moment? And I don't want to use the analogy of Nathan Brown, Wayne Bennett um, at St George, but mm. Nathan Brown got them to prelims, two prelims in a row for the St George Dragons. They part ways. They bring Wayne Bennett in. Two years later, he's a premiership. He, he, he gets him to another prelim, obviously, but the following year they win a premiership. He just puts that finesse and that 10%. Is that the? Is that what is needed? And and we don't know whether or not Brad Thorne possesses that, but has he got the right assistance around him as well? I always question when I look at a coach, um, and you're close to it every single day, Are there, have they got the right assistants who are doing the development and the coaching as well? Uh, I think they do. You know, you look at Jim McKay, their attack coach. He's uh, a Super Rugby Championship winner. You know, with the Reds in 2011 under Ewan McKenzie, he's coached all over the world. Jimmy, he's coached international level, assisting um, some of those second tier teams like Tonga. Um, he's coached over in the English Premiership as well. Uh, you know, he's a superb, very experienced assistant coach. Uh, the defence coach Michael Todd, you probably wouldn't say is. Yep. Overly experienced, um, but I know Toddy very well. Smart guy, incredibly hard worker, um, and has done a phenomenal job to get to where he is. And then you know, Crapper's um, playing resume speaks for itself, and he's done wonders with set piece and that sort of thing. Um, it's hard to say. I think, Dobbo, because of what we've discussed around the injuries, yep. um, I think there's also a few holes in their roster. Um, like we've discussed, there's phenomenal young talent coming through. Um, but, you know, they kind of lost James O'Connor and Teniela Tupo and the season fell apart for them because behind them they've got, you know, decent players. Lawson Crichton stepped up, I thought. I think he did a better job filling in for James O'Connor at 10 than some people wanted to give him credit for. Yep. But there's a big gulf between James O'Connor and, and Lawson Crichton and that's, you know, no disrespect to Lawson. That's that's just the truth. And who, it's the uh, same with who with improved? Teniela. Who improved this year in this squad? Uh, to be honest, I actually think um, I, I was a bit um, worried about the hooker stocks. I thought without Alex Murphy this year, if he was going to have another injury interrupted season, which he ended up having, um, they might be in trouble because Josh Nasser was their second pick and he only transitioned to hooker maybe two years ago to play a handful of games at Super Rugby level. He, you know, he was a tight head, tight head prop. Um, Dobbo, but I actually thought he improved a lot. And then Richie Asiata, when he played, did a really fair job as well. And even yep. Matt Fazlo, who's their fourth choice, who ended up, it ended up being Richie and, and Faz who were sharing the hooking duties because NASA did his pair. I actually thought those two did really well. And I was thinking before the season, they need to go out and find um, a really quality hooker somewhere, even maybe look overseas or something like that. Those, those guys have kind of stepped up. They'll get NASA back next year. They lose Alex Murphy. Uh, he's gone to Melbourne. I think Jock Campbell um, took another step forward in his um, progression as a rugby player. We saw him make the initial Wallaby squad a few weeks ago. Whether he holds on to his spot in that squad when they name it, I think it's this Sunday for the England series. Uh, I'm not sure. I just don't know if the back end of his year was um, as good, probably more a product of, of the um the Reds, you know, the way they fell away, Dobbo. Um, I thought he was really good. And then it's strange to say this about Jordan Pattaya because we know Dobbo, he's a Wallaby already. He's been to a World Cup. But I thought he really took another step forward as well because he moved into that fullback position. He played a solid four or five games um, in the 15 jersey. And I thought he was outstanding there. So um, it, that's a, they're a couple of real positives for Queensland. Um, speaking on Lawson, I think great, great development for him, Dobbo, to be able to 
start, you know, was it four or five games in the 10 jersey and learn what it's like to steer a team around at Super Rugby level because he's essentially moved himself in now as the backup to James O'Connor. So that development, the second half of this season, is going to be really important for the Reds next year um, to have him there and have him know what it's like to be a playmaker at Super Rugby level. Um, you just would hope next year that they're not going to lose James for as much time as they did this year because if they want to just push a little bit further in 2023, they need to have James O'Connor on the park and they need to have Teniela Tupo on the park. Yeah, um, I can't wait for it. So what should we expect, in? And, and, and I won't hold you, but what should we expect in 2023? Brad Thorne coaching the Reds um, and obviously some of these young players who, we, we, like, we've got some unbelievable backs, mm. but we need to see some improvement. We've seen the Waratahs improve, in, in, no doubt, and without question, and the, the re-emergence of the strong Waratah brand. We know the Brumbies are always there. Uh, should we expect the Reds to be better in 2023? Yeah, I think it's pretty reasonable to expect that. Um, it's all going to come down a little bit to luck, as we have said, because the injuries played such a major factor. But if you look at this season, uh, they you know, had a really healthy lead over the Hurricanes and it fell away. They had a really good chance to beat the Chiefs and the Highlanders and missed both of those. But again, they were missing key players. James O'Connor didn't play either of those three. Tenny Alatuba got injured halfway through the Chiefs, which was the middle game of those three. You know, they probably win, I would say, with James there. I reckon they win two of those three at least. And they go on to, I reckon, secure a home final. So I think they improve next year, provided they have the majority of their stars on the field the majority of the time. They made the finals this year, got in and finished seventh, bowed out in the quarterfinals. I think it's reasonable to suggest they make the top four next year and squeeze through to a semi-final. And that's an improvement. But they need to fill a few holes in their roster. I think there's a bit of, you know, they're losing Luke Hahn, Angus Scott Young, Alex Murphy. They probably won't do anything in the hooker position because they've got a few guys there already that I mentioned before. But they probably need to go after a really quality, big lock back rower to fill the spot of two very experienced guys in and Angus Scott Young and Luke Hunt. So I reckon they'll improve next year, Dobbo. And I think they'll improve a lot on ladder position if they've got those key guys on the field for the majority of the field, majority of the season, rather. Yeah, well said. Uh, Michael Atkinson, appreciate your time this morning. Thanks for being with us on Rural Queensland today. And no doubt you'll be watching The Origin tonight. Go Queensland. Absolutely. Go Queensland. Cheers, mate.